Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery, where I know just how grueling it's been trying to balance your physical, spiritual, and mental health. I'm your host, Precious Williams, and I invite you to my podcast where you can expect a total mind makeover. I'm talking about a shift in the way that you see, think, and do fitness forever. So come journey with me as we discover your fitness identity. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery. If you are clicking for the first time on this episode, which happens to be episode nine, welcome to the journey. You can start at any podcast and join in with us. You did not click this podcast by accident, but by divine purpose. It was such a time as this, that this podcast came across your timeline. It was shared with you by a girlfriend, or you just kept seeing those annoying posts that I keep putting in the group and you finally decided, let me take a listen to what this crazy fanatic woman about health has to say. And so I'm so glad you're here because today I'm actually going to share with you what actually led me to start this podcast. And I think it's important. God revealed to me that I share with you in transparency, my journey leading up into this very, very moment, because I am still in the journey with you all. But I want you to know that this is a journey I now realize starting a long time ago. I talked to you in previous podcasts about how I received revelation while sitting in the bathtub that we can only invoke real change when we do it from the inside out. And the scripture that came to mind was, of course, Romans 12 and 2, uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I realized a lot of the things that I had strived for, a lot of the things that I wanted to see differently in my life. I had gone about trying to attain those things externally and the external journey uh, to seeking those things led me in some very destructive places, which ended me up in like the lowest place I had been in emotionally and all of that. And it was in this low place where God began to begin to build me up and to fill me up. And he did it through my learning and understanding of what he actually intended for my body, uh, what he actually intended for my mind. And so I started this journey first with my diet because I was immediately convicted uh, that I should be eating the things that God said I should eat. And I immediately started seeing food as medicine versus food as this substance that I'd had this romance with for all of this time that was used to make me feel good. It was used to entertain me. It was used to just just have something to spend money on, you know, used as a as a as a means of status of what we can eat and what we can afford and all these different things, all these different ways that we pervert the world's food. And so I began to expose to you guys, you know, what it is that God actually said that we should be eating and how actually understanding our fitness identity leads us to a diet that feels good to us and that also keeps us in alignment with the word because remaining in alignment with the word in regards to our nutrition leads to greater future benefits like vitality and an abundance in many ways, our thought life, our physical lives, and our hearts. And so let me start with my childhood. Nothing special about me that I can remember as a child, always very insightful, always 
mature in my thinking. I worried a lot about a lot of different things. And I know that most of this was uh, probably caused by my mom. My mom, my mom was drug addicted uh, for all of my life until she passed. God rest her soul. And as a child, it was extremely difficult. Now, I love my mom. She had this wonderful personality and this way about her that when she was sober, uh, she was so loving and charismatic. And now as a woman, I know because God has allowed me to see through healing that she had great intentions, that she actually did love me. She loved us. Uh, but she also was a young mom with three children struggling now in what I see a world system, trying to find her way like us women do, a balance in ourselves and how we're supposed to do all of this in the world and then do it righteously. And so in my growing and healing, I've learned to see my mom through in eyes of through eyes of compassion because I myself, as I grew up, started to realize that sometimes our choices land us in positions where that lead to circumstances that force us in places that we never thought we would be if we're honest with ourselves. And so as a child, nothing really special about me, a very nervous child um, because of my mom's drug addiction you know there wasn't a lot of nurturing in the sense of building me up building my esteem up affirming me and those types of things now one thing about me as a kid is I learned to be heard and not seen I learned to fit nicely into places because I was always afraid of losing stability we moved around a whole lot and I'm not just talking about like moving you know once or twice when you're in elementary elementary school and then you moved again when you were in high school. I know some people have those stories and they're devastated by those. But let me tell you about moving uh, several times in a school year and not just moving, but you may be moving to a shelter. Um, there were times where we lived in shelters. You know, I remember one in particular, uh, downtown Richmond. It was the YWCA. We stayed there for a few years. Very, very nice shelter. We were able to have a room there. Uh, we shared with another family. And then I also remember staying in another shelter in Tennessee. I love this one because it was a rehabilitation uh, center for abused and battered women. And then also they helped my mom with her dependency. And for those few months that we were in Tennessee, I just remember those being great months. I remember the hope I felt of having a sober mom and how secure I felt in those moments. Uh, but we did, you know, my mom did relapse many times, you know, throughout her journey. And during a particular time when she was strung out, I was I was raped twice um, just from the traffic that she would keep in in and out. One man, one gentleman was a regular gentleman that she was having a, a relationship with that he would come back often. Another gentleman just was making a drop, a drug stop. Um, I don't know his name or anything like that, but uh, I started to right around 10, 11 ish. I had a lot of different emotions, confusion. By this time, trauma uh, had really started to sink in. And I developed a uh, my first real friendship uh, with a girl from school. And I thank God for this friendship now that I'm able to look back on my journey because it 
in my in my life, it's like God has always placed people in my life to show me that there is a different scenario, that there is something different, that there's something more. And it's like each time he would place that per a person in my life, it gave me hope um, that there was something beyond my circumstances that I can see. So this particular friend was that for me. Her name is Monica. And Monica was an only child at the time. We were in middle school. Uh, well, we graduated elementary to school together and we remained friends um, for a few years in middle school and, until I had to move again. But I was able to establish uh, a real relationship and see one of the things that I learned uh, being a child very early is this spirit of uh, perfection that has really haunted me for so long. Because what I began to do as a drug, a child of a, of a drug addict was master this fine balance of pretending like everything is okay, even when it wasn't. So we're talking about a child, me, myself, who would go to school and I felt like if I overperformed and I was did well and I didn't get in any, get in any trouble and I tried to kind of keep my head down and became a real rule follower like a real rule follower guys like um, that, you know, it wouldn't give them any reason to look into my home. And so that little seed was planted in me and it worked and it started to germinate. And it's something that I'll talk about in the podcast as I continue to talk that you will see unfold into even un unfolded into today. And so Monica was the first friend and she was the first person that I was able to be myself with. And what I mean by be myself is she knew me and liked me and wanted to be friends with me, but she also knew my circumstances and that didn't hinder her from being friends with me. So that freed me a bit and she became my safe place. And not only that, but her mom began to take me in like a daughter, uh, Miss Joy, and she was just so loving to me and I was just welcome there. And this was a place where I could spend as much time as my mom would allow me to spend there. And it became a place of respite for me because I, anytime I was there, I didn't have to think about about what was going on. At home, I was parentified. At home, you know, I felt internally responsible, although I couldn't help my mom. I always wanted her to move beyond her addiction because her addiction is what I felt like threatened the relationship that she had with us and, and you know, the mom that she wanted to be and she desired to be. So I carried this with me. into my young, uh, uh, young preteen and teenage years, uh, my mom really fell on hard times again. She's in and out of rehab and the family finally got to a point where they they realized, look, Michelle can't really take care of these kids. It's like everybody sees it, but you know, the heart is there. Like we have to do something guys, we have to intervene. And so at that point, my preteen years, my siblings and I were separated and I moved in with my aunt. I thank God for her, my mom's sister. And she took me in in addition to her four kids. And so of course, as being a part of now the family with my cousins, my first cousins and my aunt, it became my responsibility again, the oldest to help my aunt in the way that I could. And the way that I could help was by watching uh, my younger siblings while she worked. And my aunt, she worked a lot because as you guys can hear, having four kids and also your niece who you are supporting fully as a single parent. My God, I'm just really walking through that right now, hearing myself because this is my first time telling my story like this in chronological order. So please forgive me. But um, I'm grateful to her for that because I did have some, some normalcy while I live with my aunt, but I couldn't get past the the nagging feeling that I had of abandonment uh, because during this time living with my aunt, my mom began to say things to me uh, 
you know, like, oh, your, you know, your aunt is, is brainwashing you over there. Your aunt, you know, your, your, your little miss, you know, uh, perfect Patty. And now as an adult, I realized my mom began to project onto me what she actually felt about her sister, uh, that she actually felt that my aunt was the one who was seen as, you know, perfect. My aunt had the lighter skin. My aunt was the rule follower. I'm a, I'm a lot like my aunt in a lot of ways. And I didn't know that as a child, but now I know that. And it's like she began to project those things onto me as she projected that onto me. It further alienated us. Um, I began to see her as a threat and not someone who was in my corner, although there were many times in my life that she revealed to be in my corner. There was still a part of me that felt like, you know, she resented me, um, that she she didn't like me, you know, as a daughter, I felt that. And so that's something that I, I carry with me. And the 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 perfect Patty Ooh, that just started to simmer. I had already mastered it as a young girl. Uh, and so while living with my aunt, and I'm going to tell the truth and shame the devil, I did start to smell myself. And by this time, you know, I had started, you know, having sex and I had a boyfriend and I recall her finding out that me and this particular boyfriend had, you know, um, done it in her house. And, and she had gotten to a point with me, although I wasn't causing any trouble, you know, from a school standpoint or anything like that like that, I'm sure she got to a point where she's like, hey, look, it's only so much that I can do. And, I, you know, I having me there, I'm the oldest. And so not wanting what I'm doing to, you know, uh, cause problem in my, in my younger cousins from what from them seeing what I'm doing, or what she's allowing, but also my aunt having compassion for me and understanding like what I came from. And, you know, at this point, my father had to get involved and I probably my eighth grade going into my ninth grade year, I'm sure this is when my father got involved. He agreed to take me and I had to move to Emporia because my aunt, you know, it was just nothing else she could do with me. And honestly, I'm, I'm glad that that happened because, you know, I was on a, a, a path of promiscuity. I was on a path of you know, just just really not caring. You know, the some of the emotional things that have been bothering me and, and triggering me were working and bubbling up to, to the surface. And that was a critical time in my life. And so my aunt did arrange for me to go live with my father. I go and I live with my father and it was great. I was great. I mean, it wasn't perfect. You know, my father's a single father. He drove the ca a cab full time, you know, so he was working on, uh, less than average salary and trying to support our trailer. We lived in a trailer. It was probably the size of my kitchen in my living room now, praise God. But we did live in a, live in a trailer. And for the first time, I had a room. Y'all, the room was the size of probably most of your bathrooms. Like if you have a master bedroom, that, that may actually be too big. But it didn't matter to me. I had a room. For the first time, I had a room. I had a place for my things, for myself, my Lord. And so... I did have a room there. That was the first time I felt like I actually belonged somewhere. Uh, but that didn't last long because my brother actually came to live with us. And once my brother came to live with us, some of the things that weren't all the way right at home got exposed. My brother was having some 
academic challenges and some behavioral issues. My brother had been diagnosed with ADHD um, very early on. And of course, once moving to Emporia with my father, his environment changing, those symptoms exacerbated. So he went to school and he began to act out and it it did draw some attention, attention that I didn't want because I was living in my perfect world in this trailer and going to school. And he came in and, and, and interrupted that. And so they did some digging and my brother actually confessed to them that we didn't have heat in our home, which at that time we didn't. We was using a kerosene heater and kind of moving it around to different rooms so that we can get ready for school in the morning and warming up water. Again, my father doing the best that he can. And me, I didn't know any better. Um, And even if I did, I'm not going to tell anybody that this is what's going on. And so my brother pulled the rug up on all of that. And y'all, it was such a shock. Imagine my surprise when CPS comes to my school and my guidance counselor has to come get me out of lunch. I'm in lunch, y'all. Let me tell you how I am by the time I'm in high school. So by the time I'm in high school, I'm not the scrawny little skinny look little, you know, nobody notices this girl, girl. I'm coming into myself by this time, myself physically, like things are adding up. They're aligning. I'm not looking like olive oil anymore. I'm coming into a little look. You know what I'm saying? So some of the pain and stuff that I dealt with when I didn't have a little look, it's like I'm able to not have to access that so much anymore because I have this look now. And so imagine me when they come into a cafeteria and I know I even have some people who have gone to high school with me or have been a part of my life at all of these different times. And you guys are going to hear this like, oh my Lord. But I'm in lunch and my guidance counselor comes to get me and I'm tipping. I wore heels in high school every day, y'all. Let me tell you, I had it together. I was like best dressed as a senior superlative. So imagine a home like that, a past like that, a circumstance like that, and you're going to school keeping it together, not only academically, but in appearance. And so they pull me into the guidance office. And I remember a man and and a woman, a Caucasian man and a black woman, and they sat me down and they're talking to me and they had questions about home. And immediately I go into my little thing that I do and I'm on guys like oh no I don't know why I don't know why he would say that no you know and they had to get to a point with me where they're like well precious we're not asking you this we're letting you know that we know this and that we're investigating this and so let me rephrase the conversation that we're having with you is what come next this is not something that you're going to be able to fix this is not something that you're going to be able to act like is okay because it's above me now like that's how I felt I was like oh wow this is above me now in the moment and so once again we had to regroup the rug was pulled up the next thing was actually allowing my grandmother who lived right down the street my grandmother lived walking distance from the trailer that we were living in and had no idea that we were living like this my grandmother loved her dearly um you know responded almost immediately now I don't know what she went through behind closed doors or if she had any you know reluctancy to me moving in or not because she never showed me that and I thank God for her because like I said every season in my life it's like God has placed an angel God has put me on the heart of someone. So I don't know who's hearing this message that feels like you're alone or you feel like God has forsaken you, but I encourage you to take a look at all of the wonderful people that God has put in your path along the way. Even if these are people that you didn't consider to being a part of your journey, they have been a part of your journey. So 
I'm living with my grandmother and this is the first time that I'm able to experience like peace in terms of my living situation because I mean, grandma was stable, beautiful home. I had my own room at her home. Um, still never felt like I was at home because I am living with my grandmother. It wasn't a matter of her making me feel like a guest, um, but she did keep her house a certain way. And she, of course she had certain, certain standards. And so I had never really experienced other than living with my dad for that short period of time, just being able to be a kid and just be, you know, like when you're a teenager, you just be, you know, however your room is or whatever, you just be. Um, and so I didn't have that, didn't have that feeling, but I was so grateful that my grandmother, you know, allowed me to, to stay there and to live there, did my best to, um, did my best to do the least in school enough to get on a roll and, <laughs> and not have them calling her. I'm not going to front. I've never been a, a, a person who strived for uh, academic perfection. You know, I've never been really education to me. I wanted to learn the real stuff. You know, that's how I always saw it. So it's like, what do I have to do to get a B? Just tell me like what I got to do to keep my 3.0. And I'm already doing that from the jump when I get to a class and I'm not interested in doing anything outside of that. So, you know, I know that about myself and I've grown to be honest honest with that and, and kind of fostered that. But that's kind of how, you know, I was able to navigate through those years. The next phase, um, you know, through the su support of my grandmother and, and also my aunt, uh, who is a guidance counselor, uh, was trying to figure out what I would do, you know, in terms of, of college. And college for me wasn't like, oh, I've been thinking about going to college all my life and I've been preparing for this. College was like, yeah, um, your senior year is coming up and what you going to do type thing because my grandmother really believed in higher education. And so I didn't start seriously considering even going to school, didn't even see that as a part of my future really until I met some friends in high school that were actually living and walking it. Um, those friends I have still today, Rotonda, Jameson, Kendra, um, they really helped me with really going to the next level. And there are a few, you know, more core people that God put in my life. Now, these particular friends, Janine and some others, um, were friends that had their parents in their lives. And so I was able to see another dimension, which was what life could look like when you have, you know, consistent support, what life looks like when you have, you know, your parents that are guiding you or even parents who have gone, you know, to school or what have you. And so through my relationship with them and being exposed to the things that they were exposed to naturally and seeing them gear up to, oh, my mama has me doing these applications or has me doing, you know, these, these uh, scholarships and stuff, I would get the crumbs of that. You know what I'm saying? And I'm speaking in a spiritual sense, not that, you know, uh, they were giving me the crumbs of that. But I was able to hear those things, see those things, be witness to those things and have them actually walk me through the process because they were doing it. And at that time, you know, I didn't know to say thank you. You guys are really doing this for me. But as I look at it, I know that that was what was happening. So I thank God for the people that were put in my life along the way that's kind of helped push this along. So. Um, I ended up guys going to college again, ain't nothing changed. I'm the same OP. So y'all know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go to college and just do the best that I can do enough. So they're not calling home and telling grandmama that I'm, you know, flunking out of class or not. And I did just that. I did that for a year and a half. Um, was able to you know, make, you know, collegiate cheerleading squad while I was there. Things were well, like I was doing good for myself. And 
here I go. You know, I, I met a met a guy, you know, in college, a guy who's much older than me. Now, looking back, everything about that situation tells me that, you know, it was a red flag. And even some people themselves told me that it was a red flag. But one thing about me, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I fight a flight to, to the death, you know. So I decided to pursue this relationship against, you know, all wisdom uh, and all common sense. And I did. And I I I became pregnant. Um once I became pregnant for me it was just like my perfection shattered guys. Like this feels like a hoarder who comes home to all of their things cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody just came in and cleaned their That was like the emotional blow to me that I, I, I felt um, when I became pregnant and I wasn't so much scared about the pregnancy. I wasn't so much, you know, scared about, oh God, how am I going to now finish school or whatever? Because as, as you guys know, my bringing, my upbringing, I'm very resilient. I'm going to find a way around everything and how to accomplish anything. But I was more disappointed with now the evident, the evidence that I wasn't perfect. Mm. And so the evidence of not being perfect just almost like crippled me. And I went into another level of my perfection, which then became the second degree of perfection in my life, which was the bounce back person. So I became the bounce back person. Like, like life could hit me with anything. Divorce, boom, bounce back. Foreclosure, boom, bounce back. Lost the business, boom, got another one. Didn't finish the degree, got that degree in a master's, boom. You know, I became this bounce back person. So I wasn't the perfect person anymore. I'm still making all these mistakes along the way, y'all. Don't get me wrong. But my bounce back game is so strong that I'm making it look like it won't even a mistake. I'm making it look like it ain't even seeing when it's seeing because my bounce back game had been perfected. And so I had to get to a place where I was just broken down, guys, broken down. This began to happen to me in 2017. There was nothing else for me to perfect. I was at the standard optimal level of perfection and I was so unhappy with me. Oh my God. I was so unhappy with me. I I had finally my husband, my kids, my little blended family was clicking like for real, for real, like not pretend real. Like it was really clicking. I had a home. I I had stability. I ain't coming home and the lights going to be off. Me and my husband are just comfortable, you know, financially. Uh, God has given me positions. I'm talking about drop in my lap, guys. I had a regional position, uh, regional director position dropped into my lap. I had a program director position dropped into my lap. I even had this business partnership that I'm in right now just dropped into my lap, like just given to me. And I still felt this feeling of I am not satisfied. And it was a feeling that another degree, my doctorate can't satisfy it. You know, getting my hair done can't satisfy it. Losing 10 pounds can't satisfy it. I had to deal with me and I began on this path uh, of self-discovery, but I did it destructively and I felt anger at first because I felt like I did, although I made some mistakes, 
I, when I make a mistake, I clean up my life. I did every, I have all of the check boxes and my past still haunts me. I cannot out check box my past. I cannot out perfect my past. Like this past is still a part of me. I have risen to a part in my life that I am afraid that it is going to come out that, oh, wow, she doesn't come from the background that we thought she came from. And oh, wow, she did have this child out of wedlock. And oh, that first marriage, she did some things and he did some things. And oh, she hasn't always been right. I was so afraid of all of these things coming out, guys, that it handicapped me. So I began on this path of what I now know was my spiritual awakening and I, I I was fighting against it so much, right? Because God really needed me to just be still and to be healed and to heal me. And I'll tell you one of the things that exacerbated it for me. Marrying uh, my husband, and this was one of the things that I feared when I found out that he was even a youth pastor at that time, I feared a relationship with him. And I didn't have enough insight to tell him why I feel the fear, the relationship with him. But here's what I told him at the, at that age. I told him when he revealed to me that he was a youth pastor, because when I met him, he was a school teacher. And he later revealed to me that he also was a youth pastor. Uh, and when, he, when we had that conversation, I started telling him all of the things that I liked to do. Like this was the time when I felt like I'm going to be honest with this guy. Like I like Beyonce. I curse sometimes like I still like to go dancing and do this and do that like I like to wear certain things because I think I'm sexy dude like I'm not really I ain't really the cup of tea that you're looking for and I felt proud saying that but it was like he laughed at that and he also became one of those people like Monica like my other friends that have been placed in my life and like you know other you know people who have took taken me in, you know, as their godchild, whatever, he became another person yet in my life that's like, I see you and I'm cool with all of that. Like I'd like you. And so my husband really helped me with the next part of my journey, which was discovering who I am because I didn't know what he liked. Mm. Like I didn't know what he liked beyond what I looked like. And that has caused me so many problems in my marriage. And see, this is the thing. This is why when y'all comment and y'all say stuff like, I'll take that body in a minute, even that old body. Like, I'll do this. I'll, oh, you look great. Like those, I'm, I'm being honest. I appreciate those comments, but those comments on my canvas don't even impress me. They don't even like do anything for me anymore because this is an inside out journey, but I had to work my journey from outside in because once I became into realizing that my looks and all of that, I didn't have to, you know, really reveal who I was. I didn't have to really say how I felt. I didn't have to do those things. I wasn't exercising those muscles. I wasn't speaking up for myself. I wasn't saying when I felt uncomfortable. I wasn't not dressing up on days that I didn't feel like dressing up. I wasn't not snapping back six weeks after having a baby. I was doing all of that. And so now I am strengthening the muscles. I'm strengthening the inside of me. Because the inside of me is what God is concerned with. The inside, my voice, like some of y'all are hearing this story for the first time. Some of y'all are knowing like, man, first lady's really cool or precious is really cool. Or wow, I had her all wrong. I had no idea. That's because I never used my voice. And I know this is why God led me to the podcast. He led me to the podcast so I can even hear myself speak, y'all. So I can hear myself speak. So I can hear myself 
think so I could hear my heart speak. And so you guys are getting this unadulterated, like unfiltered, like I'm being real with this. Like I'm sitting in my car in the middle of a pandemic doing this podcast because God told me I operate in obedience and release this weekly on Sunday. Like this was the message that's given to me. God doesn't even really reveal to me all the time what it is that I'm supposed to speak to you guys about. Most of the time that's inspired by something that one of you guys have said. You are journeying with me. You're pushing me towards this place of vulnerability and transparency where I'm able to really say what it is. And there's someone who is listening. And here's the word that I have for you, because here's what I had to do. Stop dressing up what you won't address. In this season, I challenge you to stop dressing up what you won't address. And I'm going to make this very, very plain to you. Take off the girdle. Take off the lashes. Let your lashes heal. Let your fingernails heal. Your toe, Let your hair breathe. And this ain't for everybody, but I'm speaking to me because there are some practical things and some emotional things and some mental things and physical things that I needed to heal about myself that I couldn't do because the hustle and bustle was going on of the world. And me being bound by the, the level of perfection, perfection that I'm bound by, I could not even let my own fingernails and toenails heal. I was putting acrylic nails over broken toenails and fingernails all of this time and hiding my edges that had been pulled out by a wig with another wig all this time because I didn't have time to just heal myself. I love my hair, my nails in their natural state. I'm looking at them now. Hey girl, hey, I ain't seen my hands since I was a teenager. I'm talking about real healing, addressing all of the things as women that we spend so much time dressing up. Address your skin. Stop putting L'Oreal on it and find you some natural products to bring your skin back to health. Girl, drink some water. Are you serious? Are you really about to go pay for that $50 acne cream when all you need to do is eat your fruits and vegetables? Do this for yourself. God is giving us an opportunity to do this for ourselves. I want y'all to know that I am on this journey with you. And when you're on this journey, imagine it being a highway a highway, guys, we're all going towards the same destination. We're just getting there by different X's and byways. And we're coming from different area codes and states and cities and, and, and wherever, countries or whatever to reach this. And what we all are striving to do is walk in righteousness and not the type of righteousness that makes you feel so beat down and bogged and so burdened uh, by, by, by walking this Christian faith. But the real walk is knowing that Jesus loves you, that Jesus sent little old me through all of that, me guys, for this very moment that you would just casually press play on this podcast because you might have a little time today to hear me, to move on you and to speak to you the very things that are binding you right now, the very things that are confusing you right now, the very things that are leading you to a place of isolation to make you believe that you are the only woman that's feeling confused, that you are the only woman who's thinking there has to be more than life, that you're the only woman who's tired, that you are the only woman who bought into the American dream and the American dream is just not enough right now that you love your husband and you love your kids. God knows that you do, but you have to find yourself in this season. And it is really time out for 
women living this life third person, living this life as a bystander, living this life as someone who sacrifices all of your goals, all of your ambitions, the things that make you happy, the things that make you click, the things that are fun to you. You just got to sacrifice all of that because you're a mother and you're a wife and you're a Christian. No, no. Y'all love the quote Proverbs 31. Y'all want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. That woman was everything that she wanted to be. She was doing everything that she wanted to do according to that. I mean, that scripture gives you a a well-balanced lifestyle. Am I saying that woman is perfect? I ain't saying that. I don't know her. She's in the Bible. She's to be admired because she did the things that she loved to do. Walk through that with the eyes of a woman, the heart of a woman, you know how you take it. She taking care of the house and she going to get linen. She wear colorful clothes because that's what she likes. And as I've been on this journey, one of the things that I've been doing is getting in touch with me. That's helped me to pull back some of the layers of that perfection because all that is, is just my ego. That's what I built up as a defense mechanism. So people don't really have to see what's going on. So people don't have to ask the real questions. So people don't have to know the real P. But I had to go through my life little by little, started with my Instagram. I completely filter my Instagram. All I need right now in this season, sis, is love, encouragement, spiritual guidance. Um, I had to get Meg Thee Stallion, Lori Harvey, all them up off there because I'm not on that type of time. Like, and that's cool for the people who can look at that and you're on that type of time right now. And, you know, swimsuits are really inspiring you or whatever they got going on. They got an audience for that. Obviously, they do is millions, but I couldn't. I needed to be laser focused. And so I started filtering my Instagram. As I started filtering my Instagram, lo and behold, there were so many Christian sisters just waiting there with just nugget upon nugget, whether it was an inf- inf- inspirational quote or it was a podcast that a sister might have out. This sister might have two likes on that. I listened to a podcast that had two or three likes in the in the one comment. That podcast changed my life, had me in the kitchen crying and it's just like I had to filter some of some of that out and really getting to that process to the core myself of assessing what is it that I like and that I don't like just being honest. What is it that feels right and that doesn't feel right and start shedding myself of those things. I wanted to cut my hair for so long, y'all, like so long. Like I just wanted to cut it off. I hate hair. I hate dealing with hair. I hate worrying about hair. I hate all the time that we spend on our hair as black women. I hate all the things that we miss out on as black women because of our hair. We can't go to the gym because of our hair. We can't swim because of our hair. We don't have a convertible car because of our hair. We don't run because of our hair. Like we don't do most of anything because of our hair. Most of us can't even have sex without thinking about how our hair is getting messed up. And so I really knew that hair was a hindrance for me a long time ago and I had no time for hair but here I am still trying to wear hair because again the man's gaze was so important to me guys maintaining this standard of perfection in this American dream or, or this the standard look of what should look like and was looking foolish the whole time I'm just really getting to a place where 
I'm starting to be honest with myself, you know, and I also went through my closet. That was another thing I did. I went through my closet and everything that felt good to me, I kept. And if it didn't feel good to me, I didn't keep. I don't care if it had sentimental value. I don't care because some of that stuff I needed to get rid of anyway. It was energy. If it didn't fit, I got rid of it. I didn't keep stuff that I thought I was going to get small enough to fit. I didn't keep stuff that I was too small to fit. I got rid of all of it because we're on this journey. We don't know where we're going to land. Stop doing that to yourself. Stop holding on to that size eight pair of jeans and be in the size 11. Wherever God leads you to through this journey, which is going to be a smaller size, if you obey God's word, because we all know the word does not return void. It's true what he says. Test and try and see. Here I am. There is their sister, their sister Roberson posting that she lost inches in her waist. I don't even know what she's doing, but I, I know it works. I already know it works. I'm not surprised when you guys tell me you lost 10 pounds, 15 pounds. You feel better than you felt before. You got your mind. You're doing the yoga. You stretched more. I'm not surprised about that because it's God's word. That's not Precious's word. That's God's word. God's word works. It works. It's 100% guaranteed to work. Um, there's not even a refund policy because it works. So anything that didn't work, that means that you did something wrong. So this is why it's important for us to know our word, read our word, to continue to fill our spirits and our lives with the word of God and surrounding us, uh, surrounding ourselves with things that nurture us. And so this is where I am now in my journey. I'm being nurtured and God is placing women into my life uh, who are pulling me now to that next level. Because when you start really walking this thing, guys, it can feel lonely and it can feel scary and it can feel like you're changing so much and you're becoming so different that you're not even going to be able to exist in the friendships that you have. You're not even going to be able to exist with your family the same way you did. You're not going to be able to exist at church the same way you did. And that's okay because a new thing is happening. But God will give you the direction of, of how to walk, how to walk this thing. And that direction isn't a word. You just got to trust and you got to follow your, you know, your instincts, the work of God, uh, that God is, is not leading you astray. You've led yourself astray. If you're listening to this podcast and you're looking to lose weight, if you're looking to improve your health in any way, if you're struggling with any, you know, medical concerns, you've already, uh, for the most part, probably led yourself astray. So let's try another way. And this is the only, this is, this is what I feel like God is offering in this season is he's offering another way, a way for us to address the things that we've been dressing up. And he's even been so gracious to give us an opportunity to do that in solitude. So sis, if you want to go ahead and take that wig off or you want to go let your fingernails heal see what your real toes look like without you know toenail polish or just walk around being yourself for a while maybe you've always wanted to cut your hair just to feel your own scalp just to feel like what water feels like when it runs through your scalp take a bath and just lay all the way back enjoy some of the luxuries in your time alone figure out how to cook some things in a new way try some vegetables that you haven't tried some fruit that you haven't tried take an assessment and inventory on how you feel after you drank enough water one day versus how you felt when you didn't drink any water at all. And thank God for all of the different changes and just continue on your journey, on your journey. It will happen for you in the way that it needs to happen for you. God did all of this, all of this, all of this so that I could be yanked out of perfection so I could be yanked out of performance so that I could be yanked out of my my ego self my my protected self my and I could just be my vulnerable self and if you just accept me you accept me and if you don't 
I know I was my real self. So I'm okay with that. Like, I'm really okay with that. And I can love you and I can, I can, I can pray for you in that. That's the peace that, that God has given me. That's the journey that God has taken me on. And it's, it's so possible guys. And it's, it's not, it's not a fake thing. It's a, it's a real thing. And I'm still striving in other areas. So continue to pray for me and continue to lift me up in my self-esteem and my courage and my ability to speak up, my ability to even speak up in my own marriage led us to so many problems. Because if you know my husband, my husband has, you know, a very strong personality. He's a very confident man. So for me already being a person who naturally doesn't like conflict, a person who naturally wants to take the high road, which at that time, time it was a dysfunctional thought that I was taking the high road the high road is not not saying how you feel that's not the high road but that's the world road I had taken for so long and so now through this podcast you guys are witnessing God giving me my voice uh, to just speak how I feel and that has really flowed into other areas of my life and it's blessing me oh my god I wish you guys could know how just being honest and transparent and vulnerable saying I don't have the answer and I don't know sis and I know that may hurt let me think about that and no thing no I'm not okay today some days are good but the kids really bothering me today you being able to just say those things it's a wonderful thing so whatever it is that is your Achilles heel whatever it is that's hindering you you know what that thing is I I know that I'm speaking to someone uh, specifically. I know that you're listening to me. You know what that thing is. You know what God is trying to uproot in you, what God is trying to heal in you. Don't be afraid to go to a therapist. Uh, Don't be afraid to go to the therapist. Some of the greatest advice received from a therapist is getting back to that inner child in you. Getting back to that inner child in you before you were hurt, before you were abused, before that man lied to you and left you with them kids, before you realized that the American dream ain't all it's cracked up to be. Getting back to that place when you just was excited about being excited. You were just happy about there being another day. It was sunny today, so that meant you could ride your bike. It was sunny today, so that meant you can go hula hoop. Get back to that little girl in you that person you were before the world shaped you and allow God to shape that person. I love you guys. Let me know what you think about this in uh, the Faith, Fitness, and Self-Discovery Facebook group. You guys can DM me, inbox me. I love to hear it. Thanks for tagging me in the pictures. And uh, you guys have started hashtagging. I'm on this journey with you. So y'all are being led by the Holy Spirit to do those things. And I'm grateful for it. Uh, If you haven't rated the podcast, please do that and subscribe. If you haven't already, feel free to share it if your heart leads you to do it. And I will continue to give you what God impresses upon my heart. I love you. I pray that you be blessed. Get some word today. It's a lot of word out there for you guys. If you haven't already attended a church service, I'm always going to encourage you to attend ours, Piney Grove Baptist Church on Facebook. We're also on uh, YouTube now at PGBCVB. So if you have time, check us out. I love you guys. If you're not following me, get connected with me uh, at fa- on Facebook at Precious Williams and at Instagram at underscore all things precious or the faith, fitness and self-discovery community group where we encourage and inspire women to reach their optimal health. Love you guys. Be blessed.